Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Robbie Falk from 24-7 Sports, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Robbie Falk back with us here on a Wednesday morning. Glad that you've joined us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Keep the sign. I mean, what's going on here? What's the what is the proposed law or whatever? Evidently, the, it's it's a law that's been in place for a while, and they've been given team time time to fix it. But I, I don't care. What's the law that they all the signs have to meet a certain uniform standard? Which I'd be honest with you. Who I cares? Refuse. Well, A, who cares? And B, I refuse to believe that every sign on Highway 12 meets this standard. What is the standard? That's what I don't I don't know. I don't know. Let's don't ask know. Joe Moorhead what the standard is. You have a certain standard, you're going to play to that standard. Championship standard. Championship standard. So, well, that sign reaches a championship standard, so I don't see what the problem That's the best sign on Highway 12. In my opinion, the law should be all of your signs have got to be this good. I'd be down with that. You know, instead of having half the letters missing or something or, you know, giving Misspelled. me a bunch of information that I don't even care about. I don't care how much your signature salad is. I, I know I want to get a joke. I want to laugh. <laughs> signature salad. Yeah, or whatever it is. <laughs> you see what I'm saying, Robbie Falk. I, I so, see. I see. So there we go. That being said, if you do stop by, the coffee's delicious. We're getting close to that time of year, by the way, uh, that, you know... They're going to be putting putting out the Christmassy stuff, the peppermint mochas and the. Uh, We're about to roll through pumpkin spice. We're going to go straight to straight to sweater weather. Sweat sweater wet. I can never say sweater it. Sweater weather. That's that's the name of that coffee they have. I told them I, I didn't like that name. I wanted to call it Liquid Christmas. I'm good with that too. But either way, either way. So, all right, uh, our good friends at College Corner want to remind you that hey. When you come to Starkville, you want to get to the game, you want to get to the tailgate, make sure you've already made those purchases for MSU merchandise. Your new polo, your new shirts. Now, as we get a little, this weekend's supposed to be fantastic weather. Maybe a new fleece pullover. I saw some last night looking at collegecornerstore.com. They've really got some great stuff there. Go to collegecornerstore.com or go to one of their two locations in the Jackson area. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Whatever you're looking for, maroon and white, they've got it at College Corner. Humble Taco is ready to see you this weekend. Humble Taco, I think, is it today or tomorrow, is uh, hosting, uh, I think, Cam James and Logan Tanner were going to be there uh, signing autographs. So, is I mean, that right? Sign on, get an autograph, get some tacos. I mean, that, that's, a, that's a full day of Bulldog excitement right there. And this weekend, this will be a great place. Again, the patio should be hopping when you're out there this weekend. The weather's going to be fantastic. It's enjoy yourself and enjoy some great Mexican food, the kind you can't get anywhere else. You can only get it at Humble Taco. Normally, Robbie, we would just don't jump right into the rumblings, but we've got real news on a Tuesday uh, afternoon, and it is the kind of the bombshell variety 
as after only one season, Nikki McCray-Penson has resigned as the head coach of Mississippi State women's basketball. Says due to health reasons, uh, Mississippi State will go into the uh, 2021 season, which starts a month from today, uh, with an interim head coach, Doug Novak, who has only just joined the staff and will undergo a search for another head coach now Two head coaches in, I guess, three seasons since the departure of Vic Schaefer. Nobody covers women's basketball better than you on this beat. You know, what new information, if any, do you have regarding maybe Doug Novak, maybe the potential for, for, for you know, I think the first name everybody's going to throw at you is Matthew Mitchell. What, what do you got for us? You it's got to be no, very little, I have yeah, to Yeah, very, very little right now. I mean, this caught me by surprise like everybody else. I mean, I was reading the tweet when it came out like everyone. I had no idea this was coming down the pike. But I, I, I literally, literally cursed. I'm glad we were in the break on Sports Talk Mississippi. Glad my mother wasn't listening. Yeah. But from what, the, what I've gathered from people, this has been kind of coming for a little bit, maybe, maybe a few days. This has been discussed and talked about and this has been prepared for for the last couple of days for Nikki McCray Pinson to step down from her position focus on her health remember she was she is a breast cancer survivor she was diagnosed in 2013 I am not 100% certain I don't want to speak on that that that's what that is I want to be clear about that I do not know what what it is from the way she was talking in in her release it, it almost sound like it had something to do with that previous illness, but I, I don't want to speak on that. I did reach out to, to Nikki. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard back from her. I'm sure she's being overwhelmed with, with messages and calls right now, Certainly. so I'm not going to bug her, um, but if I do get something from her that she wants to speak about on the record, I'll certainly pass it along, but mm-hmm. definitely shocking, and, and the, the fall for Mississippi State women's basketball is shocking yeah. from the last two years. I mean, this is significantly more elevated than what Mississippi State went through with football when Dan Mullen left. Um, you know, Dan Mullen left and it was kind of a it was kind of a quick turn for football under Joe Moorhead, but he went to two bowl games. He beat Ole Miss twice. He wasn't terrible, but you could see the program was kind of spiraling a little bit and was a little out of control. This is kind of really spiraling out of control for Mississippi State. And, you know, if Doug Novak can hold things together here that's great you know if you can kind of keep everybody in line and and uh you know everybody pulling in the same direction you got some talent on this year's team but my expectations for this team are extremely low yeah um Doug Novak to me they were before this news. very low before and yeah I I was very skeptical what what was coming they lost too much I personally am not expecting Jessica Carter to play right now I, I don't you know until otherwise I don't expect to see her. She's going through some legal things with uh, her arrest that she had a, a, a month or so ago. And right now she's currently not on the team. Not She's on the team, but she's indefinitely suspended from right. what I've been told. Right. And she has not been practicing with the team or anything like that. So you can't expect that, which means you have almost zero post presence on this year's team. Uh, and you're basically all guards. And these guards are good, but you got to have some size to mm. – to provide some kind of balance there, and you don't really don't. But um, you know, Doug Novak, everything I know about him, very well respected in the basketball world, not just women's basketball, but basketball altogether. But he's never been a, a, a women's basketball coach. Mm-hmm. Um, Pat Summit was very high on him back in the day. 
Uh, she, I think she even took some of some of his concepts as well. So, very good teacher of the game, but he's never been a a, a women's basketball coach. He's never coached girls basketball. Uh, he has been a head coach, so this is not going to be new to him. So, it's it's just going to be you know a wait and see. If he does a great job, then he's got to be one of your front runners for the position. That was going to be but, one of my questions. Is do you think there's a a path to this the, him being the permanent head coach. I think there there definitely is. If he has a great season, if he holds this team together and and gets from the NCAA tournament, I think you have to consider it. You know, I I think he could fall into that Gary Henderson situation where people start to think, you know, is this guy going to be able to mm-hmm. f- fall into that head coaching position because he took him to Omaha. Um, but you know, it's just a wait and see. I you know I, I mentioned. Um, I, I really think you have to at least reach out to Matthew Mitchell again. Mm-hmm. I know they've reached out to him, I believe, a couple of different times, and I, I and he's turned him down. He was very happy at Kentucky, but this is a lot different situation now. He yeah. had the health issues. He left Kentucky. If he's ready to come back to college basketball and if he's ready to coach again, I he's think it's, be number one on the list. he's got to be. Uh, you have the natural tie-in there. He's a great coach. And I think he could do a really good job, at Mississippi State. Now, whether or not he wants to do this, I don't know. Uh, that that remains to be seen. But he is my he is my number one choice if I'm John Cohen. The first call that I make, yeah, just to see if he's interested. Is this still a coveted job? I think so. I think so. Um, they've proven that this fan base has proven that they love women's basketball. They will support women's basketball, and that doesn't happen. At very many places, you don't see very many places around the country that will put ten thousand people in the stands for a women's basketball game. So you know that the support is there from the fan base. You know that you can recruit to this place. You've recruited five-star talent from outside of Mississippi. Uh, you know you can win here. You've been to two national championships with a team that, quite frankly, wasn't the highest ranked recruiting classes that Vic Schaefer brought in. So you know you can win here, and you know that you could be paid well here because John Cohen has done that with Vic Schaefer. So I think that it is is definitely a coveted job. You know, right now it is not a position that a lot of people might be clamoring for because you know Vic Schaefer's gone and Nicky McCray Pinson struggled right behind him, and there's a lot of pressure now to win here. But I think that Mississippi State can make a really good hire with this. Now I'm interested to see what direction. John Cohen goes here does he go out and go all out and try to you know break the bank on a great coach on a proven head coach or does he go get a really good assistant coach or a group of five coach or something like that that's that's what's going to be interesting to watch you know does he go out there and get another Nicky McCray Pinson or does he go try to get a, a big name in college basketball. That's going to be something that we're going to be keeping our ears yeah. to the ground about over the next few months. But I do not expect a, a hire to be made until at, at least ne- next year, early part of next year. Right. That, the, the season. The will season. Play I, out. I think the season's going to have to play out. All right. Well, we'll see what happens. Huge news, though, and very unexpected uh, today. And like you said, from, from a health perspective, we certainly want to wish uh, Coach Penson well. Uh, she, she, you know, was always great to to me when we when we wanted to have her on the podcast or on the radio show. I know you had a, a good relationship with her. Yes. Uh, like I said, nobody covers women's basketball better than you. So hopefully she'll uh, she she can get healthy and get back into coaching uh, as soon as possible. 
All right. So let's move on into the rumblings. We'll just go ahead and do that right now. That's brought to you by our good friends over at the Mississippi Beef Council. Beef is what's for dinner. And man, when you're telling me that beef is on the menu, you can almost guarantee that I'm going to show up. Be it a great hamburger, a steak, a pot roast, beef stew, chili, anything you can make with ground beef or any, or any cut of beef. And there's 29 cuts of them. Uh, of lean beef available to you and they are a complete recipe for better health lean protein essential nutrients and of course the best part great taste and don't forget when we're talking about mississippi beef we're talking about fifteen thousand beef producers in this state alone nearly a half billion dollars a year of of industry comes through beef our beef producers so when you support mississippi's beef producers you are taking care of your local mississippians so Make sure you go to msbeef.org. A lot of great recipes there, especially if you're looking for something special to do. And always a lot of great uh, stuff to find out about what's going on uh, in this state as far as the beef process goes. Mississippi Beef Council reminds you that beef, it's what's for dinner. (laughs) That wasn't me. I just want to point that out. Two brothers smoked meats in the heart of the Cotton District. If you don't think that place is going to be buzzing on Friday night, you've just tell me you've been to, never been to Starkville without telling me you've never been to Starkville. That place is going to be rocking, uh, and it should be because the food is great, the uh, the atmosphere is great, and the location just can't be beat right there in the heart of the Cotton District. So head on in, grab some smoked wings and a couple of, of tacos, and you're going to be having a great time at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. It's smoked Southern Soul food in the heart of the Cotton District. Advantage Business Systems reminds you they've got a two-way plan to take care of your business. Everything that that you a business needs from a technological standpoint, they have it, and they can get it to you. If you need new copiers, new printers, new computers, new software, management and information systems, whatever it is, they've got you taken care of. And then every sale, every sale is backed up with the best customer service, the kind you would expect to get if you were doing business with your next-door neighbor. And that's what they are at Advantage Business Systems. They are your next-door neighbor. They are Mississippians, local, 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 all the way through, and have been for over 46 years. Call them today. Put them to work for you. Number is 601-362-9192, or visit them online, absms.com. Find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. I'm always excited that I can – and I, I straight-up forgot to do Advantage Business Systems and Two Brothers yesterday. I was so into the Mississippi Beef Council promotion, I just, I just that's all I did. All you were thinking about was beef. I wanted a steak. And, I, uh, I got. I got to tell you something about the steak I had the okay. other night. I think there's some questions in here. I will. I will we'll mention it in one of those questions. As, as will I. Um, but I, I'm impressed that I cannot do this podcast for however many days and still roll that phone number off like it's nothing to it. It's like riding a bike. I, I guess it really is. All right, let's jump in. Sarthak Sharma asks, if Mississippi State had beaten Memphis and LSU, and taking into account uh, Bama's loss this week. How would that change your outlook for the odds this week? So if State was five and zero, basically, is what he's asking, and Alabama was four and one, I think State might be a favorite in this it's, game. There, there is it's at least a single digit spread in favor of Alabama at at least because the spread is not that big in this game. I'm I'm a little surprised actually. What is it? Fifteen. At uh, seventeen now. Okay, so it's so some people are putting some money on it a little bit because it was a, it opened at fifteen, I think. Yeah. So, 
that's about average. But I, I think that thing's, you know, six and a half, maybe. Yeah. Which is really hard to believe, but well, think about people, after the Memphis game, we would have. Said, I probably would have said thirty-one. Again, though, I, I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. State is a top 10, 10, top ten team right now if they're undefeated. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because this this top twenty-five is just all over. And they the would have been like seventeenth or eighteenth after, after beating A and M, and then after beating A and M. I think they would, would have been higher than that. No, I'm telling you, I, mean, I think they would have been 16, 17, 18. And then when A&M beats Alabama, they would have jumped into the top 10. Because we were like, well, hold on, they beat I them. think they would have been closer to 10 okay. after beating A&M. Because I, just for voting in that top 25, it was so just wonky all over the place. You know what's weird? State's resume has two, maybe the two best wins in the conference. Who has yeah. two top 25 wins? Yep. But and, the then, and then you teams. lose to two bad But you teams. have two awful losses. Yep. So. All right, let's move on. Uh, Justin Strawn. Uh, Rodgers is going to lead the SEC in almost every passing category there is and probably won't make even second-team All-SEC. What will it take for a Mississippi State quarterback to get recognition and not just be labeled as benefiting from the system? Well, I think the, 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 the issue here is that you came into this year with a known commodity at Ole Miss, at Corral. Mm-hmm. This is sort of Corral, and this is going to make some people really mad. I'm not comparing the two people from a personality standpoint or anything, but it's sort of like Dak's senior year, where he was just anointed. Mm-hmm. And even though Chad Kelly statistically had a better season than him, Dak was still the first-team All-SEC quarterback because it was sort of the Dak's Senior Appreciation Award. Yeah, Corral's going to get that this year. And his numbers are going to be great. His numbers are great, yeah. I mean, he, he's, has he, he's Rod- still hasn't thrown an interception. He hasn't thrown a pick. Okay. Rodgers may end up with better numbers than him, but Corral's going to get that award. Yeah. Next year, Rodgers will be that guy. Everybody be like, okay, you know what? Like, when I go to media days, I'm going to say, look, well, Rodgers is going to throw for 4,500 yards this year. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'm putting him in first team. I'll say this about him. People are starting to respect the job he's done and not just talking about the fact that he's a system guy. I think there's there's more national names that are starting to really get behind the fact that he's done a really good job running this offense. So I, I think that there's going to be more hype around him going into the next season. Um, because, I mean, and people did the same thing with Gardner Minshew. It wasn't just because you know he was playing in the air raid offense. People legitimately respected the job he was doing. I think that's what's happening with Will Rogers right now. And until you really dive into to the numbers with Will Rogers, you can't really appreciate how good he's been as a sophomore. Yeah, He's still the youngest quarterback that Mike Leach has ever played. Um, there's been nobody that's played this many snaps in his first two seasons yeah. as a freshman or sophomore than Will Rogers. So he's really doing some unprecedented things. He's got a chance to do some really special things by the end of his career if he keeps it up. Yeah, I agree. And again, I, I really think he's going to be tough to knock out yeah. if you're Sawyer Robertson and, and Braden Locke. Are we sure the Ole Miss defense is actually better this year? It is not. I think it's a l- just a smidge better, but not much. Right. That like they they can they have a few guys that can, um, you know, get out on the edge and stop stop a play from breaking out. For, right. But they're still bad. Yeah. I mean, they, they got up 676 yards the other day. They don't want to tackle. No. They, they this shy is again, away from it. They, they, they again play into my theory that no one cares. Who cares if they don't have a, a good defense? Right. They're, they have a historically bad defense the last two years. Yeah. Nobody gives a crap. They're scoring 52 points yeah. a game. Yeah. And right now they're 
almost inside the top ten. Yeah. I mean, nobody cares. Right. Nobody cares that State's well, the, defense is pretty care, good. They'll care if they start losing. If they start losing. But right now, when you're outscoring them, you're exciting. Nobody's no, no, Everybody loved that arkansas Ole Miss game the other day mm-hmm. because the their two teams are going back and forth right. scoring points. Uh, last question here from Justin. You wouldn't read a Stephen King novel expecting to get a how-to book. Why did Brian go to a restaurant in New York that served Southern food? Well, I think that was an experiment more than anything else. Was I, it I didn't pick this restaurant. This is the main issue we like. To, I want to. I want to talk about here. This was one. I have a niece that lives in Brooklyn, and this is where she wanted to go. But didn't you tell me that I you thought were going about to- it? I thought about it, but I wasn't. I wasn't locked into that. But when I got there, I was like, "All right, well, let's find out." So this restaurant, and a lot of you guys asked about this. You may remember this, Robbie. I tweeted something about this restaurant once. They they were the they were the restaurant in New York who for a hundred bucks gave you eight pieces of chicken, four biscuits, two sides, and a and a pie for a hundred bucks. And I was like, Well, at Popeyes you can get forty five pieces of chicken and twenty sides. Right. And so that's the same restaurant. It's called Bubby's. It is not good. I didn't think it was. Yeah. So like their biscuits, which three different people were like, Oh, those are the best biscuits in New York City. Well, I, I okay. They tasted like grands. Isn't it annoying when but somebody not, hypes something up like that? Yeah. Well, like, you know what, Grant? You've had Grants, yeah. right? Now, imagine Grants if they weren't, like, flaky and had the layers. They were just sort of compact. Eh. Not good. And then the fried chicken? I, mean, I know how to fry chicken. Like, I could have gone in the kitchen and been like, get out of the way. <laughs> like, I, I let me do it. And it would have been much chicken. better. I love chicken. I love fried chicken. Like, the, the chicken sits down, and I'm like, I take one bite, and I just look at the guy's like, got any hot sauce? <laughs> Like, and oh, then, what a slap in the face to that guy! I was just like, I need, I need some hot sauce, oh. and he was from Alabama. The waiter. Oh, that's embarrassing. And he, I think he knew he was just like, like when I said, and we said something about it, and I said, oh, where y'all from? And we, and we told him, and he, I think he knew that we were going to be like, eh. that's like the people that are like, oh man, you got to try these wings out there, the hottest you've ever had. Yeah. And you eat them, and you're like, yeah, like, uh, I'm from the south. Do you have any hot sauce for that? Yeah, exactly. All right, Forrest Hughes asks, ESPN FPI as in Mississippi State rounded to 7-5 and five as the likely record for the season. What do you think is the pathway to 7-5? and five? If this ends up being the record, how does that impact how MSU fans should think of Leach heading into year three? If State goes 7-5 and five and then goes to a bowl and wins that in their 8-5, you, you should be really excited. Yeah. Really excited. That was my, that was my prediction beforehand. Right. And I this team actually looks better than I thought they were going to look, which mm-hmm. is weird to say. Yeah. Um, I'm th- I'm thinking, what the heck would this team be if they beat Memphis and LSU? Yeah, God, just one of those games. I mean, you're going to one. You're going to be four and one. You're going to be Vandy and Tennessee State. Mm-hmm. That's going to be you'd be six. That's going to be five wins. Well, yeah, that would be six if you had just won one more game. Right, but I'm talking about right. He's yeah, talking about five. the path to yeah, seven yeah. and five. So that's five wins. So you just need to find two wins from Arkansas, mm-hmm. Kentucky. Auburn, and Ole Miss and, and Auburn. Auburn. That's four games. And Alabama. And all those are. I, I'm not even counting Alabama because yeah. I still think Bama I wins. I do, but, still. but that's four games to find two wins, and I think yeah. you do. Two and of them are at home. Auburn hasn't shown you anything this year. Arkansas is beatable. I mean, my gosh, dude. Alabama is the only. Now that you you have hindsight yeah. and you've you've seen Mississippi State beat A and M. Yeah. Alabama is the only team on the schedule now that. Is a loss for Mississippi State in everybody's mind. Mm-hmm. State should should beat everybody on the schedule, including Memphis and LSU, and they didn't do it. So that's why, you know, that they could very easily do that against Auburn yeah. or 
Arkansas or something like that. Yeah. I would say Arkansas and Auburn are the two most likely losses. Because they're on the road. Um, and then you got the two home games. The Egg Bowl is what it is. Yeah, and Kentucky's probably the best team left. Yeah. So, so they could all be losses. They could all be losses, but they could also – I don't think they could all be wins, but so – They're all winnable four. games. So they could go eight and four. I, I, I don't think Auburn's great. No, great or not, really no, no. Or even really good. All right. All right, let's get into this question. There's a bunch of them. So, Scott, you get the honors. Scott, you, if a journalist, very loose term, misquotes a player, do you think they should lose their job? Would that be considered fake news? We all know what we're talking about here with Yancey Porter. Um, I, I think you should do Brian CTP's question after this because it was funny. I will ask. Okay, I will do that. And Brian CTP got screwed a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And he had a good call. He deserves it. I, all I know is this. Like, and, I, and I'm, I, 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 you talk about being loosely a journalist. That's what I am, very loosely a journalist. But I get the impression that if I just made up a quote and put it in a story, or if I went on the radio and said, I talked to Mike Leach and he said this, and Mike Leach was like, I have never talked to that guy in my life, it could prove that I was making it up. And then I reached out to Mike Leach and be like, Coach, can you please not say that? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure I get fired. I would get fired. I feel like I would get fired. Yeah. So I would definitely get fired. Yeah. Here's what I'm going to say about it. This yeah. is a complete slap in the face mm-hmm. to every single person that works at 247 Sports. Okay. And, and for, you have a little more you know, skin in the game on this than I, I do. do. And I, I, let me tell you something. I feel awful for Ben Garrett and David Johnson. Those guys actually work really hard to be reputable sources for Ole Miss Athletics. And they are. They, they very much are. But the the outlook of the Ole Miss spirit right now is these guys just make stuff up to, to appease their fan base because that's what that's what everybody has seen now and what Yancey Porter's done. It's a slap in the face to those two people that work their butts off every single day for that website and do, by the way, do infinitely more work than what Yancey does. And I, I, I'm not trying to, to dog on him or anything like that, but those guys – put in a lot more time and effort than just throwing things against the wall, making up quotes. And by the way, this is not the first time this has happened on that beat with him. So the whole the whole narrative that, oh, I got a stringer. No, no, you, you didn't get a stringer. You never have gotten a stringer. And this is, a, this is just something that you've pulled out of thin air to try to save your butt. Uh, it's a slap in the face to, to your coworkers. It's a slap in the face to everybody else at this network that works really, really hard to provide information to people that pay over you know hundreds of dollars per year to be on your website. They're not on your website just for you to just throw them sunshine and rainbows all the time. These people rely on you for information, and you've spit in everybody's face. All right. I'm, I'm just. I mean, I just. I understand. I understand your anger. No question. I mean, the whole outlook on on the fan site industry mm-hmm. is that we're a bunch of homers that are a bunch of fans that help recruit for the university and all this stuff. No, we're not. Some of us actually work really hard to be reputable sources for the fan base, and, and not not only just the fan base. I mean, I vote for the Associated Press. I mean, I'm not trying to be, you know, this this super fan that just makes things up for people uh, on a daily basis. I, I tried to get to get people the best information possible, and it's the exact thing that Steve Robertson does, and and Paul Jones, and everybody at our at our site. And 
I've seen that from just about every single site on the network as well. So, I mean, it's just... It, you work so hard to to get that stigma out of the way, and then somebody just completely ruins it for everyone. All right. And that, that hurt us all. I got you. All right, Brian CTP, what will you miss most about the Yancey era? Making fun of the size of Bulldog baseball players who are going to win a national championship? Making up, where, making up quotes where Crutes always have Ole Miss in their hearts? Or hiding in bathrooms to judge the dance moves in the library? If we're in with hiding, we're going to talk about him hiding in the bushes to get a picture of Arch Manning. That's a good one. But, come on. Nothing can top him and his relentless uh, being wrong about baseball. Oh. I mean, he he basically, the, the, the team should get, send him a national championship <laughs> ring. Like I, I can't. I know for a fact they had to have been like he brought all the good karma to Mississippi State. Yeah, I mean everything he said was just objectively wrong, and I'm just it, it was stunningly wrong, and it, it's wrong every single year. Yeah, so that's what I'm gonna go with for my answer. But the the old, uh, you know, Snoop. Snoop on the on the dance floor. Yeah. Jermaine Whitehead wins the wins the dance oh off tonight. Gosh. I'm gonna miss all all of his uh, you know his command of the English language of the vernacular, like know. being tailor made for an offense. Tailor made or prima donnas and <laughs> things of that nature. All right, moving <laughs> forward. Scott, you again. What's your favorite popcorn flavor? I don't know what Lane's is. It's evidently unsalted and unbuttered. Uh, <laughs> I'm a, I'm a caramel corn kind of guy, though. Ever since I got diverticulitis that one time and people started, like, scaring me with things you're not supposed to eat and stuff, it's, you know, some people told me popcorn. I haven't, I haven't tasted it since. But I was just kind of, you know, run-of-the-mill movie popcorn guy. Mm-hmm. You know, back in the day when you put the butter on top of it and uh, make it soggy, mm-hmm. I like that. All right. Uh, Josh Patrick wanting to know if I ate at John's of Bleecker. I did not. Did not go get pizza there. Where'd you get pizza? Uh, I got pizza. <sighs> there was an upside pizza near my hotel. I got a slice there. Pretty good. I went to Lombardi's, which is like the first pizza place in America. Yeah. Pretty good. Really good, actually. I thought it was good. I got a Proval pizza, which was in Grand Central Station. I got a slice there. Very good. Yeah, a lot of pizza. I ate pizza at four different places. And then there was a place called, I think it was called Bistro 33. I got pizza there on Saturday. So I Big Daddy and I ordered um, Sicilian pizza last night, which was really good. Oh, yeah, big thick pizza? Yeah, yeah. it was really, really good. Uh, and then we had some breadsticks from that place earlier, uh, the first night when we got there um, in Pittsburgh. So that that's yeah. some good pizza. Brian McDuff says, Hey, Dad, you were quoted by a third-party stringer as saying, McDuff is the greatest human alive. The next time he comes to Starkville, I'm buying all his meals and his bourbon. My question is, did you want my bourbon order now? Yeah. I'll buy your meals and your bourbon, McDuff. Come on down. Uh, Thomas Loftus, did I meet anyone at Barstool HQ other than Brandon? I did, but Brandon didn't really do a great job of introducing him, and it wasn't anybody of... Importance. I, I'm not, and I don't. I hate to say that because those guys are. I'm sure they work hard, but I didn't meet like Big Cat or PFT or anything like that. Uh, best thing y'all did in NY or P- in Pittsburgh, games excluded. So, what well, you go first on that one? Um, 
I'm trying to think of the bet. You know, we walked uh, on Monday. I wanted to see the whole city and see some things in the city. So went to um, the University of Pittsburgh area. Mm-hmm. And oh, cool. Really cool area. You know, they have the old outfield wall from Forbes Field, which yeah. is awesome. That um, that still stands. I mean, that stadium was it's it's you know over 120 years old. Um, well, the stadium's not, but the wall, of course. Uh, a lot of history there. Babe Ruth hit his last three home runs at that yeah, stadium. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I knew that. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Steelers played there. Pirates played there till the 70s. Really cool there. And the the architecture on that campus is gorgeous. Yeah. You know, it has like some some French influence. Maybe like some you know Greek influence. I don't know. Uh, really cool place and um, the Carnegie um, Institute or the Carnegie. Yeah. Well, they told me it's actually Carnegie. Did they, they? corrected me? Yes. These Pittsburghers. I yeah. Um, he he uh, has the university there, and then he has the Natural History Museum. The mm-hmm. museum I think is 125 years old or That's something. That's cool. Uh, so that that was a really cool experience. Yeah. What I was to tell you about the steak I had. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Big Daddy and I went to the North Shore Tavern, which is like twenty feet from PNC Park. It's like mm-hmm. right across the street, mm-hmm. and they have um, steak on a stone. Okay. So I got attention. a eight ounce filet mignon, mm-hmm. and they put it on top of a eight hundred degree rock. Okay. And you, they bring it to your table, uh-huh. and you cook it on the rock. Mm-hmm. And they have, like, three different dips mm-hmm. that were outstanding. Some kind of garlic ranch-type dip, some okay. steak sauce, and then this other dip that was, like, um, you know, like, if you go to, like, a town restaurant, and they have, like, the olive oil and the... Yeah. The, um, the vinegar? Yeah, and all that stuff. It was kind of like that. Okay, okay. So, you know, Sounds fantastic. You just season the steak with like a little salt and pepper. Yeah. Put it on that stone. I mean, I didn't realize how quick it cooked. I mean, it's 800 degrees. Yeah. Oh, so, like, I turned over, it quick. took like two, it took like less than two minutes and it was cooked. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that was really cool. And That's cool, the yeah. steak was excellent too. I mean, it was yeah. tender, really good steak. So, for me, I mean, I went to the 9 11 Museum, I went to uh, the Bronx Zoo, which was fun. Um, just we took the Staten Island. I think for me, we took the Staten Island ferry, and you don't go to the island where it is, but you're within a hundred yards of the mm-hmm. Statue of Liberty. And I mean, you know, you grow up in Mississippi. They're not let you go to the Statue of Liberty. Well, the, the, the route doesn't go there. Okay, right? you're just going across, right? Yeah. Basically, it's free. Well, it's not free. We we bought a subway pass, and that covers okay. the ferry. So you go across, and then you get on another boat, and you just go right back to Manhattan. Yeah. So we just did it just to do it so you could see the Statue of Liberty. But that's the Statue of Liberty. Yeah. And, like, I got to see it. Like, I was in, I was, you know, close enough to, like, see it. And that was cool. Seeing the Empire State Building. Like, these are things you see on TV all the time when you're a kid. Yeah. I didn't think I'd ever get to see them. Is, so. is Ellis Island... Over there, it's over open. That way, yeah. Like, can you? I mean, I mean, you can see it, but I mean, I don't. Can you? Can you visit that? I, I mean, think I don't so. Know. But I would, I would like to visit that because that's yeah. where a lot of our ancestors. Oh yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I know you mentioned the game excluded, but that was easily. Oh yeah, that was one of the Getting greatest. Getting win, I was pulling for the Steelers. That was one of the greatest experiences of my life because yeah. just like you, I mean, I I didn't see New York City, but 
for me as a kid growing up and, oh, and seeing, seeing, seeing Three Rivers and, and then Heinz Field yeah. on TV and seeing all the great players, yeah. to come in there and walk inside and see that great hall that they have where they have all the Lombardi trophies, yeah. they have you know old jerseys and stuff, like that just gave me chills. Yeah. And like the the team shop has everything imaginable in there. Yeah, Steelers stuff. Yeah, I got, I got a TJ Watt jersey. I got I got a little something for Natty and Becky. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just that's it was awesome. indescribable. I mean, it was the greatest really good stuff. It was easily the greatest trip I've ever had in my life. That's good. All right, let's move on here. Uh, R.J. Sweatman wants to know: Could Will Rogers play himself in the Heisman race? No. I mean, unless they were to win out. And Mike Leach's offense, I think, to get in the Heisman race, they're going to have to be SEC West contenders. Yeah, I think if they're which competing, they would be if they won out, it, they'd win the West. Yeah, if if they're competing for the SEC and you and your quarterback is mm-hmm. putting up some monster numbers, you got to put them in. At there. the same time, with his offense, they just expect quarterbacks to throw for forty five hundred and that's true. But so. you know, you, you get if they're competing for it's just like anybody when they're competing for championships. Their quarterbacks are almost always in the race. Yeah. He also asked, which is a bigger win, MSU over Bear or MSU over Saban? I think the historical significance is MSU over Bear. There was a lot less parity, I think, during that time. Yeah. But at the same time, winning this weekend would be massive for Mike Leach and and Mississippi. But I think it's Bear because they were undefeated. They had like a 20 something game. They were number one in the nation. They hadn't lost in two years. They were were back to back defending national champions. It's probably Bear, but this would still be, it would rank right up there with some of the greats. Carson Clark asks, who needs to step up this week? Who has been too quiet on the field so far? We hit on it a little bit last week, and I talked about it on yesterday's pod. It's Aaron Brule. Yeah. you, you know, he's you just have got to start making some plays, and he was in position for that sack and, yeah. and whiffed, and they and the quarterback Calzada ran for like a twenty-five yard touchdown. Yeah, you need him to be stepping up and making some big plays. Yeah. Uh, Rob Hadaway, in the pantheon of college football offenses, which ones are in fact not tailor-made for a quarterback? <laughs> Misspelled Taylor there, Rob. What's the deal? Uh, so you know what I think of when I think of this. Troy Aikman going to Oklahoma when they ran the wishbone. Yeah. Like, what are you thinking? Well, I know this isn't a quarterback, but like Calvin Johnson at, at Georgia At Georgia Tech. Tech, yeah. Or like, I mean... Which, amazing the numbers he still put yeah. up there. Dan Mullen's offense was not tailor-made for Tyler Russell. Yeah, but he kind of... He did do some tweaks. But that's one thing about Mullen is, is he, he would, was he would work around the, the But players. even then, he, he you know, it wasn't... It wasn't full. He, you need a Dak Prescott type of guy. Uh, you know what's the, you know what's up there with the top? What? Woody McCorvey's offense. Oh yeah, not, there you go. Croom's offense not tailor made for a quarterback for sure. Brogan Fairchild, I'm the PA guy at the high school where I work. I'm also in charge of the music. Please give me one song each to play at our next home game. And any other tips are appreciated. I feel like I need to know where you're the PA guy. So can I make my you know. Are you, are you, you know, if you're the Tigers, I want to get Eye of the Tiger in there. Yeah, Something that's like true. That, so it needs to be, need, it needs to be a little, you know, team specific. So that said, let's just give him some two random songs. I'm going to go with Boot Scoot and Boogie. Okay. Um, I don't know how that's going to pump anybody up, but it's not. But I just want just go with. Well, it depends where you are. Be honest with you. You go to the right little country school, they'll get fired up for some Boot Scoot. Yeah, that's true. I'm going to go with. Uh, oh my gosh. I mean, every, I mean, some of the things I'm thinking about. Think is just random, like, man. Just first song that pops in your head. Um, 
I'm gonna go with CM Punk's old theme, "This Fire Burns" Ooh. by Killswitch Engage. That one always gets that'll, me that'll make lit. old people mad too. Yeah, well, with the, with the, the guy the, the screaming. screaming. Yeah. And then also from Brogan, turn Fairchild, that music down. There you go. Is Robbie? Is Brian's cooking as good as it looks? It's very good. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm. I don't know if it's as good as it looks because it usually looks pretty darn good. Yeah. But it's it's as good as it gets. I think. I appreciate that. Uh, dear old state. Earlier this season, fans were screaming for more tempo during the game, but isn't this state's most up-tempo offense in terms of when the ball is snapped each down? We're regularly snapping the ball with 20 seconds left on the clock. Are, are they snapping it that early? It feels like they're snapping it much later than that. Uh, I haven't really checked. I mean, they're not really close that often to, to delay games or anything like that. They're not running a, a high-speed up-tempo, though, either. Right. But the, the, at times, they will. Um, but it, it has been more of a ball control offense than a lot of people thought it was going to be, I think. I agree. All right. Uh, let's see here. Electric Dog asks, are y'all into this EPW wrestling in North Mississippi? Never heard of it. He said wrestling. We did say wrestling, but I tried to clean it up a little bit. Is that is that the uh, thing that... Um, Justin Justin Cole? Yeah, is that no. who he's in? What's he in? He's in uh, 901 Wrestling. Okay. So. That's around Memphis. Yeah. Yeah, but if you got some good local wrestling going on, Robbie and I would probably be interested. Joe Dog asks, "What's worse, stuck in traffic, plane delay, spaghetti on your new shirt, or Bama fans?" Did he reply to this? Oh, hold on, who, who reply? replied to it? Stop! Oh, we got a reply and no rebuke. Joe, You're out, you got to be village. You're out. You're out. <coughs> Excuse me. Paul Jones says he sent his our questions to his stringer, <laughs> so we'll have to wait for that to show up. Cameron Worm says, "Would you rather be stung Big by?" Worm? Big worm! Would you rather be stung by five wasps, stung by ten bees, or bitten by 25 ants? 25 ants. 25 ants feels like, yeah, five wasps is going to hurt a lot. They'll sting real quick, and then you can just kind of, like, yeah. smash them, and yeah, move on with your that'll life. just be a little annoying. Yeah. Uh, how full will the stadium be this weekend? I think pretty full. Pretty full. Alabama will bring some fans, too. So Yeah, and I think state fans are getting a little rejuvenated. It's going to be a night game. I think it'll be pretty full. All right. Mangum Cafe asks, what's my favorite Brooks and Dunn song? I, I just told you. It's actually not Scoot and Boogie, though. It's, what is uh, it? Uh, uh, oh, God. Lost and Found. Uh, that's a good one. Yeah. I'm going to go with Hillbilly Deluxe. That's a great song. Um, But, you know, Neon Moon is is a that's banger, a and it's starting to get popular again. Yeah. And Brand I think New uh, Brand New Man is probably my second favorite. That's a good one. Uh, also from Mangum Cafe, what's your favorite side with fried fish? You can't say fries or hush puppies. Bread. Fries and hush puppies. Yeah, I mean, I, was, I really just You want... can't tell me what I can or yeah. can't say. I mean, my favorite I mean, you side just use is the mac... best two sides. I know, my favorite side is mac and cheese. So I'll take mac and cheese. Well, I mean, that's. I mean, when I but eat fried fish. I'm... I just want to eat fried fish. Uh, most of the time I'm eating hush, yeah, hush puppies, puppies and fries. Are with her, yeah. If you're having a really good fish fry, that's yeah. what you do. But if I'm going to. Moe's has great fried fish, by the way, on Sundays. And also, of course... Moe's Barbecue? Yes. They have good fried catfish? Oh, so good. Oh, I didn't yes. know this. I gotta go check it out. Yes, yes, yes. Very okay. good. Okay. Sunday, Sunday at lunch, yeah. they have... I think that's the blue plate. Yeah. It is very underrated. I'll check that out. Um, And, and of course, Little Dewey is Love great, catfish. too. So, but, uh, you know, mac and cheese is good. Uh, If I'm at uh, Restaurant Tyler, I'm mm-hmm. getting... Some um, probably it's like some butter beans, yeah, and maybe a sweet potato. Okay, so I, I it's it's different for whatever place I'm at. Uh, let's see here. 
I think we got some answers here. Nope, we did. Dear old state's question was answered, so we can we can move on from him. Taylor Caraway. I've been watching the Red Sox and having bad memories every time they say Bobby Dahlbeck. Is there another random athlete that makes state fans cringe as bad as Bobby Dahlbeck? You know, in terms of being pros, that's a tough one because I mean, who who who's there? You know, I feel most like, of the people are have kind of dropped off. Yeah, like the name, I, the first name I thought of was Shan Foster. You know, yeah. When when does he play? Though? Yeah, he never played. Yeah. What was the, I can never pronounce her name. The girl from Notre Dame, who hit the three. Enrique um, Ogumwabe. Yeah, whatever it is. Was, yeah. But who watches the WNBA? You yeah. Know, to see her. So there's things like that. Um, you know, somebody like there's so many great Vanderbilt players from baseball in the league mm-hmm. right now, but none of them are just like, oh god, you know. I, yeah, none of them was yeah. really kind of a thorn. In like the one side. that might get me is like Aaron Nola. Yeah, he dominated state, but you know, Dahlback is a good good one. He's a really he's a good heel for this. Uh, a Swenson, what percentage of Alabama fans can spell Tuscaloosa? Twenty six percent. Well, the it you know you got to take into account all the sidewalk ones. The the ones that actually go to school there that that's all, actually all a forty three of them. Well, that's actually a good school. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you know, and the, like the fans that actually go to games and stuff, they're fine. It's it's the ones that sit at the house and you know ride around with their with their Bama tag on mm-hmm. their Chevrolet and stuff like that. The get the people from Columbus yeah, and Meridian. Meridian. And Quitman. Yeah, those are the ones that get get yeah. you. So th- you have to take those into account to really get the full breadth of the, of the Alabama fan base. Uh, also, he wants to know, what percentage of Bama fans work for O'Reilly Auto Parts? That's a good one. Auto Parts. <laughs> it's, it's higher than it should be. Uh, Patrick Swindle with one of the best questions we've ever had. Of the pro sports teams we each follow and Mississippi State, pick one that you have to drop and immediately become a fan of the rival team. So here we go, Robbie. Uh, I'm, Steel- not, I'm not dropping the Steelers. Steelers for the Ravens. Lakers for the nope. Celtics. I, I do Lakers. The, I do Lakers for Celtics. Oh, I could never be a Celtics. Yeah. I, okay. I, I'm kind of a you know I'm kind of a casual or NBA Yankees for Red Sox. Nope. I'm a casual Yankees. Okay. I'm a, I'm a, not Yankees. Casual I'm a casual NBA fan. So so me, like with the NBA, like I'll turn it on and like I don't really hate mm-hmm. a lot of teams in the NBA. Right. I hate the Red Sox. Yeah. I hate the Ravens. Yeah. I hate so, the Bengals. I hate the Browns. And you hate Ole Miss, obviously. I didn't say that. <laughs> so for me, this maybe this might surprise you, but you're going to go with the Dodgers. No, no, I hate the Dodgers. Despise them, and I hate this. I loathe the Boston Celtics. Honestly, like on the hate scale, the Celtics are number two behind the college ones. But when the NFL, when the Saints are bad, I can disconnect from the Saints and just be like, ah. yeah. I don't care. Like week two when they were getting handled by Carolina, I watched like the first quarter. Said I'm, I'm done. So I'll trade the Saints for the Falcons. Well, the Falcons are not really like that big of a threat either. They exactly. had that good year. Well, I just don't care. You know, you know what? Some of my good friends are. I could be me and Brooks Roberts could sit there and commiserate together. Me and Mary Allison North could have a beer. See, I love the MLB and I love yeah, I'm NFL. Not, I, I'm I, not, like, I love I, the NFL, but I don't. I don't. I'm like, not sure I, for the I'm Celtics. a little bit different than you. I know you love college football. I enjoy the NFL more than oh, college not football. Me, not me. Like this past weekend, which I guess it's the fact that I work during during college football, and I've kind of disconnected from being real emotional at Mississippi State games. 
Like, this is the first time in a while I've been able to sit in the stands and be, like, a fan. Yeah. Like, that – I was really invested was in that yeah. ball game. I watched every single play. It was on the edge of my seat. I was the most negative person in my area. You know, everybody was, was so positive around I me. I wish I could have seen that. And I was the only person, what are you doing? What are you do- – Tomlin, what the heck are you freaking doing? Ben, can you not see the field? Do you need contact? It, it was rough. I wish you could have seen me, by the way, at that bar Saturday watching Ole Miss. Oh, I bet you were in. I bet everybody's like, who the heck is this they guy? They were like, where did this guy come from? Why are we against Ole Miss? So-? This one girl and asked. And they probably me. don't give a crap about this one college woman football. Asked, was like, why do you hate Ole Miss so much? And I was like, how much time do you have to sit here and talk with me? Let me just tell you something. Like, let me tell you something. Let me tell you, brother. <laughs> All right. Uh, Landon Young, what stat would you have to see to say MSU beat Bama? Turnover margin? Uh, I would have to see their maybe maybe their total yards the the discrepancy. Yeah, it's, the, yeah okay. If they have like 250 yeah. yards of of offense, I think Mississippi State won the ball game. Okay, and State has like like 400. Yeah, but yeah, the turnovers might actually be the the story. You know, if State yeah. has zero turnovers and they have three. Mm-hmm. All right, um, Shaw life forever. This is tough. He answered his own question, but it's okay. Why are y'all writing off the women's basketball team so so fast? They had one bad year during COVID, but picked up some great transfers to score. I think they at least make the tourney. Man, talk about the prices! Yikes! <laughs> That's I mean that 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 aged out within ten hours. The and then he came back and he was like, "Never mind." He's like, <laughs> "Never mind." <laughs> Wolf. All right, bulldog banter. This is maybe the toughest question we've ever had to answer. You've, you've had you've had a few of these. Best advice for a breakup after four years you thought was going to be long term. Oh, first off, and I, I'm being sincere. My condolences, man. That's tough. Um, my first thought to you is this: Don't immediately try to get in another relationship. Yeah, you know, if you want to go out on some dates, that's fine, but don't go looking for another relationship because you'll just want to get back into one quick, mm-hmm. and that will and you'll end up with the wrong person. So just. Take your time, go out with your friends, have some fun, and and try to, to do that. And then, you know, like a year from now, sort of put yourself back out there in terms of I'm looking for a relationship. Here's what I'll say. Mm-hmm. There are millions of women out there. Yeah. I mean, you're going to find someone. A lot of hot ones. And you're going to find someone that, that you know, is compatible for you, too. Yeah. I mean, there's not just... One person on the planet that's right that fits what you need, and sometimes, and even for marriage, and as you know, this may sound bad, but you find out there was somebody else, you know, and yeah. it happens all the time, yeah, and you move yeah. on. Here, here's what I think is going to happen for you you're going to figure out mm-hmm. that this person was, was not the right one, not for you. Yeah. I, I had three or four girlfriends before my wife that I was just distraught about, yeah, whenever we broke up, and then now I look back and I'm like. It worked, worked out. It worked out fine. Hopefully so. none of them are listening to this podcast. And if you are, well, you missed out. That's right. Look so. at this dad bod. You got the dad bod. I mean, how do you break up with a guy who's 6'3"? That's all I ever hear. He's not tall enough. I'm not so. trying to beat my own drum or anything, but ladies missed out. Tanner Parsons asks, which team should scare, skate, scare state more right now, Kentucky or Ole Miss? Both uh. those games are at home. I wouldn't be scared of Ole Miss because it's a rivalry game and anything can happen. Anything can happen. Kentucky, 
I, I got to wait and see what Kentucky looks like on a, in a legit road game. Who was? They the, play Georgia this okay, Saturday. Okay, they're at Athens. We're gonna find out a lot about Kentucky this week. Yeah, they've been really good at home. Yeah, I it, I want to see their schedule must be be completely on the road. It's got to be every time I look up. They're, they're at home. Yeah, I I, I got to look up their schedule. All right, but yeah, yeah that that game you know. State has been really good at home against them, but I yeah. think this is probably going to be one of the better teams that's come here. Yeah. They play uh, at Georgia, at and then they get State. at they have a week off, I guess. At State, at State, at Tennessee, at Tennessee, at Vanderbilt. So four straight on the road. No, they're at home against Tennessee. Okay, at Vanderbilt. Uh-huh. God, their schedule is so easy. Oh, Robbie, if if they even if they lose to Georgia, they could go eleven and one. New Mexico State. Yeah, and, and then, then Louisville. Louisville. Oh my gosh. They could go eleven and one. After Georgia, they played nobody in the top twenty five. Right. The East is awful. Right. Unless state wins. Yeah. So. Uh <laughs> also from Tanner Parsons. Is the worst response to trash talk, quote, we're not that good this year? Can you use that excuse if your coach makes ten million a year? You shouldn't. Yeah. No excuse. You should be good every year. You should expect mm-hmm. better. Dear old state, Robbie and Brian, I recently have heard LSU and Kentucky described as one of the best college football jobs in America, obviously using much different criteria. Andy Staples is high on UK. Andy Staples is high on Kentucky for the same reason I always thought Dan Mullen had a cush job because you can just win eight games a year there and coach oh, forever. So that's, that's, his, that's what he's saying? He's like, yeah, there's no pressure okay, to, yeah. win 11, to win national championships. Okay, yeah. Going eight and four every year there, you're coaching for life. And, and I think that they have they're in an interesting place in that there's talent in Ohio that they can they pull can from. tap into that. There's they can tap there's into some, the South. There's a few there's a few players in Kentucky that are usually pretty good. Yeah. Um, but you can go into the South and be like, hey, we play in the SEC. We'll play at Tennessee and Georgia and places like that. Yeah, and I think you're starting to see the benefits now too of consistency that yeah, that he's had. Exactly. So um, yeah, I, you know, then on the other I don't hand, know if this is the best like, LSU. The their best last job. three coaches have all won a national title. Yes. So his question. Yeah, I mean, is, look at look, what wh- criteria do you use when describing the best college football job in America? Two things to me: money, and what is your to sort of steal from Dan Mullen? What is your five-hour recruiting profile? Yes. How how many rec- how many elite recruits are within five hours of your campus? I think Mike Leach has made that point too. Yeah, he, he's you're within you're within three or three you're to within five, five hours. hours of New Orleans. You're within five Nashville, hours of, of Nashville. You're Birmingham. five hours of, of Birmingham and, and Atlanta and yep. that area. And you're within five hours of the Panhandle of Florida and Texas. And Texas is getting close at five hours, but yeah, but you're still you can still you're still within the South. Yeah, and he's never had you know he yeah, was he never in, had that he was in Texas, but he was in a bad part of. See, Texas. See, if you have that, and then you have basically unlimited money, which is what LSU, Alabama, Georgia, Florida do. Mm-hmm. Those are the best jobs. What was your thoughts on the uh, the take that Arkansas should never lose to Mississippi State or Ole Miss? Well, I agree to what you said about it. it was obviously said in emotion. Yeah, but I mean, a few years ago, remember Jack Crow said the same thing. He's like, these programs should never, and and, and they're just not Arkansas for whatever reason. You know, that they, Arkansas is not a school that produce or not a state that produces a ton of talent in state at all. Right, and then they struggle. Going into Texas and Mississippi and Louisiana to get the elite guys, mm-hmm. you know they are their recruiting profile is very similar to Mississippi State's and Ole Miss's. That's why I don't I don't understand these these lazy takes because that people have about Mississippi. A lot of program and Tennessee is sort of the same way, and they still think it's nineteen ninety or nineteen eighty eight, 
and that Arkansas is one of the top football programs in the country. It's just not. You know? Now, obviously, Sam Pittman's a pretty good coach, and that program's going in the right direction. But are they going to, you know, be a perennial top 10 team? No. No. They've been humbled the last two weeks. Yeah. They should be, apparently not. Yeah. But All right. Caleb Glover, Robbie Ranks Wrestlers, Dusty Rhodes, Cody Rhodes, Dustin Rhodes, Brandy Rhodes. Well, Dusty's number one. Number one. Uh, full body of work, I'm going Dustin number I would, two, yeah. and, and then, then Cody. Cody three and Brandy four. Yeah. But Cody's got a chance to move up if you're if you're yeah. considering executive. He has got to win a championship, a world championship. And we're just doing wrestlers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dustin's definitely Dustin's career. Yeah, for Gold sure. Dust was brilliant. If Will that Salmon's time. listening right now, he's so happy. He loves gold. He loves him some gold dust. If you ask Will Salmon, and you guys can tweet at him, he'll tell you he considers Gold Dust to be one of the top uh, characters. characters of the Attitude Era. He's like he's like he has him on the same tier with Stone Cold and The Rock and The Undertaker. You know, he's you can make a you can make a case for him kind of breaking the glass. Yeah, the stuff he was doing was sort of out there and that was sort And he of, came in before that was the Stone Cold. He came in before Stone Cold. Yeah. You know, it was right before it was before, you know, all that stuff with yeah. Vince McMahon and all that. Yeah. He kind of was the He the was star. doing some of that risque stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He deserves a lot more credit. I agree. I agree. Hey, Dad's handpick hankering from Caleb. Muscadine, Ripple, or cookies and cream? I mean, come on. It's cookies and cream. Yes. I am close. I, I'm, I'm with you on this, and mm-hmm. a lot of people would disagree with us, but I'm I'm absolutely on board with the cookies and cream. Yeah. And then strawberry second for me. I love strawberry ice cream. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. If you had to have a Manning on charge of the grill, which one? I'm going to Eli. He strikes me as the most down-to-earth. On the grill? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go with Peyton. Yeah. You think? Yeah. Peyton just strikes me as no. I, I disagree. Eli Eli sometimes seems a little a little uh, goofy. Yeah. I don't think he, he's going to burn your meat. We're talking about the grill, like grilling foods. Yeah, yeah. He's going to. You think you think he's he's, he's going to burn the okay. meat? Okay. The bur- the steak is going to be well done. Okay. Uh, the burgers are going to be black. Okay. I'm going to go with Peyton. He's way more methodical. Remind me when we got here. I heard one of the funniest things ever regarding burnt hamburgers the other day i can't say on the air though okay all right uh ford polk after seeing what the giants are doing did mississippi state luck out when new york came calling for joe judge i think it's two different things because i think all indications were that joe judge was going to put a very strong staff into place and it would have it would have been it would have sort of like what arkansas is doing with sam Pittman, but you would have had a young dynamic coach who had been in the nfl <clears throat> but would his personality translate? Yeah, that's the question. Because he's he's very much Football a guy. yeah he's yeah. very much in your face and stuff like that. Yeah. Would that have translated with the recruits? I don't, I don't know. And you can't really compare NFL and college. There there's yeah. two totally different games. All right, Ford Polk. On my honeymoon, I talked with several Florida fans about Mississippi State. We all agreed that State was in any other conference they would compete year in year out for a conference championship. Do you agree? Well, I say no. I, the reason I say no on that is you don't have the resources that you have yeah, now. Exactly. So are you going? You're not. You're, you're Southern not, Miss. Yeah, you're not going to take Mississippi State and the SEC to another yeah. conference. Well, first off, take sixty million dollars a year off your <clears throat> athletic budget. Yeah, because you lost that money. Yeah, and now you know. I think you could be better than Southern Miss, but I think you could be. But you're 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 going to be recruit. I mean, are you a little surprised that Southern Miss is not is kind of struggling the way they it's, are? It's going to turn around. You think I be- so? I believe in Will Hall. That team this year is just decimated. They, 
He's got some talent. Hobson, and I hate to say that because he's up here helping recruiting, but did not do a good job leaving that roster ready to go. So, Which I was surprised of, too, because I, I thought he would really work out well there. I think he will because he's recruiting Mississippi kids. I was kids. talking about Hobson. Oh, Hob- yeah, I did, too. But last one here, and again, this is an incredibly tough question. Who is the better college football player, Tim Tebow, Vince Young, Reggie Bush, or Johnny Manziel of that group? That's four of the greatest college ball players. Tebow, ball. Vince Young, Johnny Manziel, <coughs> and who else? Uh, Tebow, Vince Young, Reggie Bush. I'm going Bush. I'm probably going to go Vince Young. Okay. There was um, no wrong answer. There really isn't. I mean, all of those guys are inc- were incredible. Yeah. Um, you know, total package, I think Vince Young. Yeah. But Reggie Bush is... is I, w- I would say Vince Young and Reggie Bush mm-hmm. were the two best. And then Tim Tebow was one of those that just kind of just wheeled himself and wheeled the team. Yeah. And that he was just kind of a difference maker. And then, and then Manziel. Johnny Manziel was unlike anything I've ever seen. Yeah. Jay in Baltimore. First off, Jay, you have a real obsession with MSU baseball. Every time you ask us questions about MSU baseball. I'm all for it. All right. The Bulldog pitchers seem to be taking it on the chin from the hitters during fall ball. I haven't really followed preseason in the past. How do these performances historically project to the following season? Here's what I say, Jay. Wait until next week, and your opinion will change. Yeah, that's how it happens in fall baseball. Next week, it'll be that the that the hitters can't hit uh, because somebody was complaining a couple weeks ago because they went to um, where they go UAB or something a couple weeks ago to play. Yeah, and the team had like four hits or something in in eleven innings. Yeah, so it, it just really kind of just. It just comes and goes. It's, I wouldn't put too much into the stats. Jackson asks, you are a train conductor through space time, space and time, carrying the MSU fan base, university, and athletics behind you when various timeline shifts appear. Number one, Osiris Mitchell catches the ball at the five against the Florida in 2018, scores a touchdown, and the dogs go on to win. This, however, leads to Joe Moorhead still being the head coach. Rick Stansberry makes the right decision after the Hawaiian punch and kicks off Renardo Sidney instead of Elgin Bailey. The women's team beats National Notre Dame in the national title game, but Schaefer leads the year after instead. Which timeline do you pick? Don't you have to pick the national, national title? National title. Yeah. Give yourself a national championship. And honestly, don't you think two things would have happened right there? Either A, you just elevate Johnny Harris. Yeah. Which might have been the popular thing to do. Well, I don't know if you elevate Johnny but, Harris. Or two, you're the defending national champion. You probably have your pick of the litter. Yeah, I think it would be more of the pick of the Especially litter. Especially when you're talking about, you know, and that's another thing, you know McCowan's coming back. Yeah. That's the job you want. That that roster was, was, was and the roster la- last year was, was looking good, mm-hmm. but that one looked, I think yeah. people saw through that a little bit. Yeah. Because they had some struggles, Vicks, last year, too. Mm-hmm. Um. But, yeah, I mean, you should be able to get. And at that time, if you win a national championship, I think Mississippi State's willing to to spend a lot more money, too. Yeah, I agree. So you you don't know who you could have gotten there. Uh, let's see here. Uh, Miller time. How lame is it that when Davis Wade Stadium was expanded, the student section was designed specifically to discourage field storming? Are we that concerned about fines? Is there any good reason why fans didn't storm the field after 2014 Auburn? Well, I think part of it is because the field is designed to discourage field, fans field storming. Um, but that said, yeah, I, mean, I, I just think 
I think there's something cool about the fact that State is one of the four teams that hasn't ever stormed the field since the uh, or hasn't ever gotten fined for storming the field. Yeah, since I started doing that. Yeah, I well, think the last time they stormed it's Alabama, Georgia, Florida, and State. The last time they stormed the field was when? 2004. 2004 That's against Florida. Florida. Yeah. Golly, been a long time. So, but you know that they started after the 2000 Florida game. I think it was. They started taking the the uh, the goalposts goal down. down. Yeah, immediately. So yeah. Noah Mashburn asked, "Do you think it's starting to hashtag feel like '96 basketball?" I think, talking, about? I think he's talking about for football. Then the state beat uh, Alabama. Oh, it's not. It's not. But uh, that being said, I remember '96. I didn't go to that game thinking state had a chance to win. So, Deshay Townsend was on that team. Should have been. Yeah, state one was like seventeen to. 17-12? Yeah. The final something like that. Like that? Yeah. yeah. Kivas right. If State ends up upsetting Alabama, do you see them having a shot at getting to Atlanta for the SEC championship game? They would control their own destiny. If you beat Alabama, you're in the driver's seat. Yeah. I mean, you're, yeah. I mean, right now you're tied. Yeah. And tied LSU's, LSU's done. They're out. That's Arkansas, the only team that holds a tiebreaker. has two licenses. Yeah, two and licenses. LSU's the only team that has a tiebreaker. Yeah. <laughs> How incredible would that be? It would be. Travis McCain, is there an Don't athlete? start thinking about that. Though. I'm not. Is there an athlete y'all grew up hating, but ended up loving towards the end of their career, minus Kobe? No. I'm a guy that once I hate you, I'm done. I, I will always hate you. I, I've I grew up hating LeBron and now I just don't like him very much. Yeah, it's just he's a Laker. So But I never really hated on LeBron. Like the guys I hate, I hated Paul Pierce, and I, I always will. Kevin Garnett. Hate that guy. Yeah. Anything is possible. Right. Everybody talks about that. It's such a great moment. It was it was an advertised moment. It was scripted. It was. Dalton Lee, what do you think the post saban era will be like? Will the world finally have color again? Will the balance of the SEC be restored? Alabama will still be good. It depends on who they hire. The first year after they'll lose like one or two games, and yeah. then they'll then they'll drop off like four losses. I the could next see year. them being sort of like remember uh, Butch Davis left Miami like right at the peak. And then 01, Larry Coker's first year, yeah. they won the national title because he left him such a loaded team. Yeah. I could see that happening, and then it's a quick decline. Here's what I think is going to happen. Within three or four years, whoever follows Saban will be fired, and they'll have a, a winning record like mm-hmm. well over 70%. They'll have gone 9 and 3, 8 and 4, 9 yeah. and 3. Like Mullen's doing at Florida. Yeah, they'll be fired. Yeah. Uh, because the expectation level is going to be so high for whoever comes in. Yeah. I mean, your expectations at Alabama right now is national championship or bust. I mean, uh, yeah. you, you lose a game in the regular season and yeah. you still have a chance to win a national title, but yeah. everybody's – I mean, there's people, there's idiots out there this week that are saying Saban's lost it, he's done. Yeah. I mean, just morons uh, in that fan base, and that's what's going to happen to the next guy. Yeah. I mean, they're doing that to the, one of the greatest coaches. It's not the greatest coach of all time. Yeah. By the way, Dalton, thank you for the um, – the the coffee at Strange Brew. Oh, uh, I gave it to my wife because I don't drink coffee, mm-hmm. but very much appreciated. There you go. Very Thank good. you so much for that. Sheldon Nations wants our current SEC West power rankings. Tell me if you disagree. Bama at one. You still got Bama. In the yeah, they got to be tops. one, right? I think so. All right, because I, I think they're still going to run the table. I think Ole Miss is two right now. We'll, we'll see if Texas, what Texas A&M does against them. Arkansas, three. Okay. State, four. A&M, five. 
Auburn six, LSU seven. I don't think that's terrible. Okay. I and mean, you're talking about a team that just beat Alabama yeah. as fifth in the but, West. But I mean, they lost to Arkansas and to State. That's, yeah. So, uh, let's see here. Carter Bentley, is 2019 the weirdest year of home football events to occur over a season? Had the Schrader copter, Joe Burrow's full moon to his hip, and the piss and miss. That's a, that's a hell of a, a home slate. And also then, had Willie Gay get thrown out of a game. Yeah. Like, the first game he came back. Yeah. After he ran the interception back, yeah. wasn't it? Well, no, he got a penalty there. No, I'm saying it was that game. It was that game. Kentucky. Yeah, 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 exactly. God, what a mess. T.I. Jones, what's your favorite Civil War battlefield to visit? I don't really have one. I've only been to... I appreciate the whole catalog. uh, Vicksburg would probably be yours. Well, I mean, that's not really a place that I visit because it's a Civil War battlefield. I've only been to Shiloh and Vicksburg. But Vicksburg... top two. Vicksburg is my favorite. Okay. Um, I really enjoyed Civil War history. Yeah, and World War One, World War Two. Mm-hmm. So you know, I, when I when I get a chance to go to those places, I like to go see them. Just I think history is important, mm-hmm. and I think I hope that that battlefield at Vicksburg stays open forever. Yeah, I think it will. Um, I think they had some issues maybe with uh during COVID or something that I, yeah wasn't there some financial well, issues? I'm sure there were, but yeah, that's um, I, I hope that that's a that is an outstanding battlefield. And when you go through it and you see all those hills and things. It's really hard to believe that people went through there and, and fought a battle. But um, really cool. Very important battle, too, in that war. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, Zachary Cooey wants to know, I recently watched Game of Thrones. I definitely have my gripes within the final seasons, but I'm probably more forgiving since I didn't invest years into the show like most. Explain the main gripes everyone had since I missed the online discussions to see if mine are the same. That's the main thing, is that I gave years of my life to the show and it ended so poorly. But they basically, I mean, if you go back and watch some of the commentaries, they talk about it like it's obvious they just wanted to stop making the show so yeah. they can move on to other projects. The problem is they made the show so poorly they lost their other projects. Yeah, I. So they talk about. I, uh, I'm like, I'm like, yeah, I'm like Kim. Like, I was not bothered by the oh. end of it. I thought it was kind of. I thought it was annoying for me, but I binged it, so I, I can't yeah. really. Sympathize like when, with the, y'all. When, when he's talking about one of the producers talking about the scene where they go back to Dragonstone and the Iron Fleet is there, and yeah. she, it's like she just completely forgot about the Iron Fleet. Yes, he I thought says that. that. He I says thought that, that in was the strange. Like, well, Danny just sort of forgot about the like what? How is forgetting about that a plot device? It, you know, it just doesn't make any the sense. The last season was really annoying, but there were some parts in that last season that I thought Look, were the, really The Long great. Night is a fantastic... I mean, I watched that on the edge of my seat the whole time. I was breathing heavy by the end of it. It's like... Yeah. But then from there, it just sort of all went downhill. And, you know, it is what it is. Hayden Hughes wants to know what MSU football is going to look like next year. Hayden, I mean, that is a question that we can't even begin to possibly answer. I've thought about this a little bit, and, I, I've, you know, the schedule looks quite daunting yeah but this team's gonna be really good they should I, have I think a, we should give them a little more credit oh it, they should be okay it's gonna but be, I, I can't tell you with any confidence until i see who all signs right who's right, a transfer right. portal the, i can't the, tell you what the, I think this team's i'll say just from you know three thousand feet looking at that roster next year mm-hmm. and who i expect to return and all that it's going to depend on the offensive line who do they get they're going to have to go get somebody in the transfer portal for a tackle spot there's no doubt you got to get a left tackle, uh, and you might have to get a center. It just kind of depends on what I think. Cannon Boone 
is in line for that, but we'll mm-hmm. see. I mean, he's he's just a true freshman right now. The offensive line is going to dictate how good Mississippi State is next year. I agree. Uh, Missy Nations asks, if we were offered a college head coaching job and an NFL head coaching job and they both paid the same, which one would you take? NFL. I don't want to recruit. Yeah. Why would I want to it, deal with 16, 17-year-old kids? If I'm, if I'm just great at putting together X's and O's, mm-hmm. like Andy Reid and, and guys like that, and I can just manage a team, make sure that things don't fall apart. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll take I'm that. living. Here's the thing about the NFL: mm-hmm. there's guys that are failing every year that are just awful at their job. And they, they, have in, lifetime and they have jobs. lifetime jobs. I mean, look at some of these people that just keep getting regurgitated out there. At these others, they've been on every team in the NFL for for the last forty years. I mean, Sylvester Croom had a job, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to to diss Sylvester Croom, but. Immediately when he was fired from Mississippi State, he had a job in the NFL. Like it's a fraternity, you're in there for life, unless you're um, Chucky who just got fired and will never show his face in the NFL again. Right. And Urban Meyer when he's gone. Yeah. Ty Hamill asks, pick one best out of ten: 2014 offense, 2016 defense, or 2020 offense, 2018 defense. I'm definitely going 2020. I, I, defense is going to win the day here. The twenty, the twenty, the are you, so these are the two battling against each other, right? So, I, so twenty fourteen can Dak overcome offense, the twenty sixteen defense? Is basically what you're asking. You're I don't think so. So then we're going twenty eighteen defense, and we're just going to try to win some low, some shootout, some low scoring games. That that offense is going to have trouble because yeah, that, Jeff Simmons is going to wreak some havoc on those guys. I love Dylan Day, but yeah, because yeah. that that just incredible Alabama offense that had Tua and all those receivers on it. Yeah. They struggled to move the football on that team. Oh, yeah. They scored some points, but... Yeah. That defense was fantastic. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Stark Dog. 901 Stark Dog. Can we duplicate what the Aggies did Saturday night? This MSU team is like a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Could they? Sure. History says no. History says that Alabama's going to come out in this ballgame and be ticked, and they're going to be um, well-prepared. But that's why you play these games. You just never know. And I, I think this Alabama team is beatable. I think they have several pieces that they're a little shaky at some spots. So you never know. You never know what happens here. Hunter Gillen. So the last time Alabama lost back-to-back games in the regular season was 27. 2007, I'm sorry. The last time State beat Alabama was 2007. Is it true that history repeats itself? It is true that history repeats itself. Will it in this particular instance? I don't know. I don't know. I'd like to think so. We'll see. You hope? Yeah. The Walking Bully. My grandfather at Christmas used to always have one of those big tins of popcorn divided three ways. Rank the flavors. Caramel, cheddar, and butter. I think that's the, that's the rankings right there. I think it's caramel, cheddar, butter. Uh, I'm going to go caramel, butter, cheddar. I'm not a huge cheddar popcorn guy. Not a big cheesy popcorn guy. Okay. Okay. I can live with that. Uh, let's see here. Um, here's where that guy from England or whatever was talking smack to me all morning. <laughs> uh, Cesaro? Yeah. What a, what a weird dude. Micah Halfacre asks, Will Rogers has to throw for blank yards and blank touchdowns to beat Bama this week. I don't think it has to be anything ridiculous. You told me if you told me three seventy five and three touchdowns, that might be enough. The the key is it's other things. Yeah, the key is protecting the football on offense, 
finishing inside the red zone, and getting stops on defense. If they can get stops on the defensive side of the ball and convert those and get turnovers, they got an excellent shot. With Alabama, they've got to beat themselves. And that's what they did against A&M. A&M made some, some great plays. Alabama's got to beat themselves. So that that's really the key here. You know, I think what was big for A&M is in that first half when Alabama threw the interception in the end zone when they were driving. You got to have stuff like that happen early in games. Right. Yeah, you got you got to get out early on them yeah. for sure. Uh, let's see here. Um still getting made fun of by the British guy. If you were the coach of the, this is Tucker Medlin. If you were the coach of the Jaguars, could you do better than Urban Meyer? Urban Meyer's still a good coach. He's still a good coach, but he does not understand the pro game. So, I, I don't know. If, I, I'm, I'm not going to say I can do better than a coach. Right. I'm not going to say I could do better, but I know that I wouldn't do some of the embarrassing things that he does. I would be a better face of the franchise. I'll put it that way. I wouldn't go into a bar and yeah. dance with a girl no. drunkenly. And no. Some, no. No chance. Why does the SEC I wouldn't find eat schools, cold pizza after ball games after I lost. Well, I might I think. do that. I don't know if I would. Why does the SEC find schools for rushing the field? It's a safety issue. They're trying to keep yeah. people safe. I mean, Nick Saban almost got ran over the yeah. other days. Yeah. Can you imagine if somebody would have trampled Nick Saban? They might have just blown up the stadium. It, that that might have been it. Wade Jones asked, well, in NYC, did you smell Mary Jane more than you didn't? Man, I'll be honest with you. I remember walking down the street one of the first nights I was there, and I was like, gosh, you know, this is the last place I would thought smell. I would smell a skunk. And then I realized it wasn't a skunk. Yeah, you smell weed a lot in New York City. Yeah, it's like I, I walked around Portland. Yeah, uh, when I was legal. up there, when people smoke, like they walk around smoking. Yeah, up there, like they'll be smoking a joint, and you have like a uh, yeah. dispensary on every single corner. Yeah. Peyton Neely asked the best place we ate in our cities. Was the steak place number one for you? Uh, yeah, I went to Primati Brothers. That's a legendary place. Um. I, I don't know if it was just because I was standing in line so long and so annoyed at the fact that you know nobody was really paying attention to us to get us inside. Yeah. I stood outside for an hour. Oh God. Um, it was just okay. Yeah. You know, I, I don't. I it's don't know. Really, it's one of those places you more like to say I, that you went. I told my dad was like, we can go somewhere else. I was like, no, I've decided this is where I want to eat. I don't like slaw on my sandwich. Slaw. Was, oh yeah, yeah. It was. It was fine though. The the sandwich was fine. French fries on sandwich. Not a big fan. Mm-hmm. But uh, the, the nostalgic, yeah, the, it, the legit, it was fine for what it was. For me, but I the mean, steak in the stone was probably they have some good food up there. So the pizza at Lombardi's, I mean, it's first of all, it's the first place <clears throat> again, sort of the, the nostalgia. But that's just right up my alley. That thin, crispy, oh man, it's good. But that said, I mean, I went to Smith and Walensky and had a monstrous steak with Brandon oh, Walker. Well, you can't beat the steaks up there. And they're, they're going to so, have good steaks. Here's something I found interesting, though, and he told me that I needed to do this. When it came to the table and the, the waiter walked away, he's like, "Put you're going to want to put some salt on the steak. And I was like, really? He's like, they just don't season food up here the way that, that we do down south. He's like, take a bite. So I took a bite of the steak. I was like, I mean, it's good. He's like, put some salt on it. And it was just ten times better. So I thought that was weird. But that said, the sides, the appetizers, and the dessert – Incredible. Another place I ate, uh, Big Daddy and I went to brunch at uh, Pamela's Diner, mm-hmm. which I think has been featured on some things. And mm-hmm. they have several across the. It's just kind of another nostalgic type thing. And I had. Uh, you would appreciate this. I I think you would. Um, we'll see what happens. Strawberry hotcakes. Sounds good to me. They're stuffed with strawberries, mm-hmm. cream, mm-hmm. 
and brown sugar. Yes. You would have really enjoyed it. Yes. I thought about you when I was eating it because I thought Brian loves sweet breakfast items. That's what I, I like, a sweet breakfast. No it was breakfast. really good. All right, Gil Mancling, you know what time it is, Robbie. Pick two, leave one. Pizza, pasta, wings. This is uh, a tough one. I'm, I'm probably getting rid of pasta. Pasta is probably the choice here, but, man, I'm, I'm not happy about it. <sighs> That's tough. Reservoir Dogs, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Kill Bill. I haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Great movie. You, you've got to see it. I need to watch it. You'll love it. But it's, uh, I feel like I it's going to be Kill Bill for i got to pick that because I haven't seen it. I've seen the other two. It's going to be Kill Bill for me. I like Kill Bill. I, I do, too, but uh, we got to pick one. Right. Clint Eastwood, Morgan Freeman, Paul Newman. Uh, Paul Newman. Paul Newman. Morgan really Freeman cool. was God. Thanks for Mississippi. Clint Eastwood might be the guy I'm picking. No, here. I don't Clint know. Clint Eastwood is Harry, a legend. Paul Newman, I guess. Yeah. The Nile crocodile, the killer whale, the great white shark. I can do without the crocodile. I mean, what are we? Are we trying not to I get killed? Like, what's the coolest animal? You know. Uh, no, the crocodile's got to go. I mean, it's just not big a deal. Yeah, I mean the whale. Yeah, that thing's killer whales are incredible. Awesome. Nosebleeds for twenty bucks. Box seats for fifty five five hundred bucks. Fifty yard line for two fifty. What do you What do you see over here? Huh? A cane, cup full of pencils. Get rid of the nosebleeds. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see here. <laughs> we have a ton of questions. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. Yeah, we're about to. We're about at my point. Where I'm just like, okay. How long we've been re- how long we've been recording? Almost two hours. <laughs> We're at an hour twenty. Okay. We got a little bit to take out. But we we have we have a sh- we have the, a, a strange fan base because some yeah. people want us. To I never got longer. this many questions with uh, with Bob or Joel though. I think it's, we just have more banter. Uh, it might you know? be that, but uh, we have this. You know, a lot of people in the fan base want us to to have shorter shows on these, and a lot of people want us to have longer ones. So I don't know what to do. Alex Barham asked three questions that we've basically already answered. Let's hit the flying M's question. Uh, let's let me get to him here. I'm not there yet. Uh, we got depressed dog. Poor guy. Rank these in order of likelihood. State repeats as baseball national titles. Men make the final four. Women win an NCAA tournament game. State wins out after Bama. State repeating as baseball national champions is number one for me. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I mean, they that's a loaded team. They have a chance to do it. <laughs> And then I would say... But think about how hard that is, and you're saying that's number one. I would say went out after Bama's number two. Yeah, this, the schedule is very manageable. And then Final Four. Women winning an NCAA tournament team, that's very unlikely to me. Yeah, I, I, have, I have no, no, no faith in that happening. All right. And then the other side of the coin, ranked these in order of likelihood. State fails to host a regional. Men miss the NCAA tournament. Women lose to Ole Miss twice this season. State only beats Vandy and Tennessee State. Women lose Ole Miss twice this season is the most likely. I think that's happening, yeah. Yeah. And then it would be State only beats Vandy and Tennessee State, then miss the NCAA tournament. The least likely is fails to host regional. You're going to tell me this is not a top 16 team? No chance. No chance you're going to get me to believe that. Our friend Taylor Rayburn asks, is this the best group of wide receivers in Mississippi State history? I don't know if that's the case. Collectively, but it's, it's very, very good. the The best would you say was twenty fourteen? Fourteen. I mean, I, I Fred I Ross, Fred Brown, Deronia yeah. Wilson, yeah, Malcolm Johnson, Robert Johnson, yeah, Jamion Lewis. That was Miles. a that was, that's probably the best. Yeah, but just collective. This this has the opportunity to be better. Just you know, as and, they continue and it's to the go offense forward. too that makes you think that. Yeah, so, uh, let's see here, Andrew Bowie. If I told you one, you skip, stat you line, skip flying him. Oh, I did, didn't I? I'm sorry. 
I'm making sure he gets this yeah. question because there's We're been many the times. Number 19s this week. Jarrett Liebelt, Jonathan Papelbon, Joe Reed, Brent Rooker, Tony Shell, Logan Tanner. All right. Rooker's, Rooker's one. one. Papelbon. Papelbon is Ooh. two. He's two. But he didn't have a crazy great. He didn't, but he was still college. good. But if we do this again in two years, Logan Tanner might be two. Yeah, agree. So it's Papelbon. I think Joe Reed is three. That's a guy who's good player. Don't Played know anything about Joe Reed. I know enough about him to know that he's probably three. Jared Lee Bell's last. Oh, no. Tony Shell is last. Jared Lee Belt only had one solid that year. That means he had one more solid year than Tony Shell had. Not a big Tony Shell fan. Of. He wasn't a very good. I mean, if you're listening, Tony, I'm sorry. I know you played really hard, but I mean, he was on bad teams. So I would, okay. I would go Rooker, Papelbon, Reed, Tanner, Lee Belt, Shell. Oh, so you're doing Logan Tanner fourth? Yeah. Okay. What are you doing him? Well, I had him third. I, I'm going to put Joe Reed ahead of Logan Tanner. Okay. I don't know anything about Joe Reed. Just trust me. That was before my time. He played in the NFL. He's a good player. All right. Uh, Andrew Bowie. If I told you one stat line from the weekend, what would the outcome be? Under 300 yards for the Alabama offense. Alabama rushing under 150. Tulu Griffin, eight receptions. Tulu Griffin, eight receptions is meaningless. I mean, I'm sure he'd have a big game, but it doesn't it would, matter. It, wouldn't, it, it doesn't wouldn't affect factor. the game. I would Alabama say, rushing under 150 doesn't affect the game. They could rush for 140 and throw for 350. Yeah. it's If they're under 300 yards of offense, you're in good shape. I think that's what I mentioned earlier, yeah. too. Like yeah. If I look up and State has 400 yards of offense and they have 250, I feel pretty good about the game. Yeah, exactly. All right. Uh, let's see here. Traquan Key. Top three best barbecue place. I can't answer that. I, I haven't really been to that many, so I'm sorry, Triquan. Uh, even though it was a rumor that held no weight, how awkward would it have been to have Hugh Freeze as our head coach and take questions from Steve Robertson? It would have been gloriously awkward. It might have been literally the funniest thing I've ever seen. I kind of want that to happen. Yeah, I, 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 I like Steve. I'll be honest. I like Steve. I don't know that. I, I think Freeze would tell him not to credential him. She's like, he can't come. Oh, and the blowback on that would be incredible. Oh, but that same token. I, I don't though, think Mississippi State would sign off on that. By that same token, I don't think they would either. Maybe free. Maybe Freeze would be smart and, and embrace, try to be his friend. Embrace Steve and be like, "All right, you found all this on me. Go find it on on the new guys. Go find the yeah. Ole Miss now, and I'll help you. I can tell you the boosters you need to look into. <laughs> that would be the smart thing to do." So, Golly. The Mount Rushmore of assistant football coaches at MSU. Okay. Number Johnny one. Johnny Majors is on that list. Well, yeah, he's got to be number one. <laughs> Jolie Dunn. Uh, Bruce Arians. Bruce Arians. Um, and then. I'm trying to think who else was a big time assistant here. Jim Tompkins. That guy had an all SEC linebacker like 15 years in a row. I mean, I just don't know enough of the, like the old school offense. I mean, Daryl Royal was an assistant coach at one point, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah he was. Daryl Royal was, wasn't he? Yeah, he was the head coach at one point. So I assume he was an assistant. They weren't doing a, a lot, a whole lot of uh, national searches back then. Yeah, that's true. So, great. Yeah, question it would, here. I mean, it would definitely be Johnny Majors, Bruce Arians, and yeah. Great question here from uh, Ryan Nelson. Who is the first homegrown AEW talent to jump to WWE? Who would you go after? So Dante. Dante Martin is a good choice. 
But does he really fit? They would ruin him. That's the problem is, the, the, you know the real choice here for them? Powerhouse Hobbs. Yeah. Fits what they want to do perfectly. Is he homegrown? I or, think so. I had never home? heard of him before. I would consider homegrown AEW like the the Nightmare family. Like those guys that Cody's I mean, I get up. what you're saying, but I think Powerhouse guys, Hobbs is a, is a let's homegrown. Let's just talk about guys that we are just now hearing about. Well, that's you Powerhouse know, Hobbs. Yeah, and like... Um, Darby Allen would be one. Yeah. MJF uh, Jungle is, Boy. Jungle Boy. Luchasaurus is already sort of come and gone there. Yeah. MJF would probably be up there, which I know he was already but in But does MLW. he really fit what it, they want to do? I mean, he's a smaller guy. And, and they, but he's so good on the mic. And they wouldn't let him do They would thing. make him into like a manager. And he would be awful in the WWE because yeah. they would make him have his own... Like they would oh, they wouldn't him let him talk, talk. say the things he wants to say. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I mean, WWE right now, just, it, I, it just know, I, I dread know. it every time. Hunter Bolin asks, even though the crew years were terrible, what is the legacy of the 27, 20, 2007. 2007? I can't say it. Team in y'all's eyes. Who's your favorite player from that team? Mine is the GOAT, Wes Carroll, or Derek Pegues. Well, Hunter, I'm Anthony glad you Dixon. asked. I'm glad you asked this question. Because tomorrow, or as you're listening, I guess today on Wednesday, I'm talking to Jamar Chaney nice. about the 20, 2007 game against Alabama. So we'll talk about that game or that team and get his thoughts on that. So, but the answer to your question, though, honestly, my favorite player was Anthony Johnson. I thought that guy was great. Yeah, and it had the biggest play of the year. Anthony Dixon's my favorite on that who, team. Who doesn't love Booby? All right, uh, we're gonna do two more questions here because I'm I'm tired. Uh, let's see here. Heath Hopkins asks. He's an eighth. This is his eighth time to ask a rumblings question. With AM beating Bama, it was a last place SEC West team beating a first place SEC West team. When's the last time that ever happened ever? Okay. I don't I don't know the answer. I shouldn't have asked this question. Let's ask his other question. No, I'm not answering. Heath, your questions this week I can't I can't do. I am not gonna do a Dan Mullen voice wrestling argument. I just like Oh well, you know, like Hulk Hogan. There you go. <laughs> One time he did talk about Stone Cold. I remember when he walked in, I was wearing a yeah, a wrestling shirt, and he started talking about mm-hmm. ah, Stone Cold. I remember those guys, Stone Cold. Yeah, Bret Hart. Some of those guys. Yeah, yeah. All right, JB Holloway gets the last question. Rank these stats by the most surprising. Jet Johnson is the leading tackler. Manuel Forbes has given up three touchdowns already. Aaron Brule's lack of production. It's not really a stat. Rogers at eighteen hundred yards. That's the least surprising. Jet Johnson. Jet Johnson's number one. Mm-hmm. Brule's lack of production too. And then Forbes giving up three touchdowns. I mean, he's a corner. He's going to give up some scores. I mean, and we said it. Like, you only have – if he's not giving up a touchdown, Emerson is. Yeah. They're both great. So, All right. There it is. All right, guys. Tomorrow's show, uh, we'll have that interview with Jamar Chaney. I also got an interview with Michael Casagrande from AL.com. Uh, and maybe some more stuff as well this week. Got some good stuff lined up uh, that, that I will continue to develop. Hey, I missed you, Brian. I'm, I'm glad you're back. Yeah, I missed you too. I much. missed all the listeners. I'm glad I'm glad we're rolling back in here. All right, guys. Have a good one. For Robbie Falk, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.